over the last few weeks, maybe last month, I've had the privilege of speaking to many of you and other people. And it's interesting how people assess the days that we live in and what the focus of people are. Of course, our focus are probably um, on the area of greatest need within our lives. And for some at this time, it is to land a new job. Um, because of the virus, um, some people have lost their jobs, and I'm aware of some. For some people, it is the stress that they are under in the hours that they are working. Now that um, work offices have moved to home offices, and because the boundaries are not clear and because circumstances happen within their lives, um, you are under such pressure, so you're focusing primarily on that, which is so understandable. For some people, they're not sure what the future is going to hold, uh, whether companies are going to retain them, uh, whether their salaries are going to go down or is going to stay the same, whether bonuses will be paid out or not. And of course, those are real challenges. For some of our people, they have had sad losses within their lives. Children passing away, yet being with Jesus. Um, uh, brothers passing away, and yet we know that this brother is with Jesus. And so some of our focus is on that. For some of us, our focus are maybe on some other things that are a primary need within our lives. Some people have talked to me about what's happening within the world concerning the virus, concerning whether the um, uh, leaders of nations are telling us the truth, and as a result, there's some conspiracy theories that's lodged within the hearts of people, and people ask me, what do I think about these things? And I oftentimes have a response for them, and my response is, do not be sidetracked by things like that. We must be aware of them, but do not get sidetracked. Let your focus be firmly on the gospel. And so I want to speak to us this morning about having our focus on the gospel. Some people would say to me, Piet, you know, um, I'm so relaxed about what's going on. Um, and so this is just a time for us just to relax. And I would say to them, relax, but make sure that your focus is on the gospel. People would say to me, Piet, what is your focus on? I can truthfully say that God has burned within my heart a passion for the gospel. And I believe that every single Christian ought to have within their hearts that burning desire to make the gospel central within our lives. Because as the gospel is central within our lives, the gospel answers every need within our lives when we question God about that. The gospel provides solutions, at least core solutions, to those things that are troubling us. The fears that we have, the gospel when the gospel is central within our lives, will allay those fears and put them into its proper perspective so that we can deal with with them. And so some of you who are listening to us today would say, Piet, but what is the gospel? What is your definition of the gospel? And you know, there are many definitions. And I just thought this week again, 
I want to come up with my own definition of the gospel. Certainly something that is stirring within my heart. And for me, a definition of the gospel is the revelation of God's love through Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection as it is revealed through your words and mine and through my actions and yours. So the gospel in definition is the revelation of God's love to the world through Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so when the gospel is central within our lives, so many of the things that's happening around us, which is legitimate, will fall back into its place properly as we pursue Jesus, the lover of our souls, Jesus, the one who has captivated us, the Jesus who has changed our lives, Jesus who has given us life and life in such abundance, Jesus who has assured us of eternal life, irrespective of what happens to our lives. And so I would like us to center ourselves again in the gospel, the revelation of God's love to the world. And so I would like to invite you to read the scriptures with me. Because we see that as we turn to Romans chapter 16, the book of Romans starts with the gospel, the word called the gospel, and it also ends in chapter 16 with the gospel. So it is fair to say that within Paul's life, the gospel at all times was central. And I would like us to believe so much in the gospel as we finish here today, that the gospel would become central within your life and mine, so that we can navigate our course through all of the things that are happening very sadly in America, I think, the looting and the burning and the demonstrations has not been worse than 1968 when Martin, Martin Luther King was killed. And, and so all of those things can distract us. Um, and yet we need to learn invaluable lessons out of these times, but we'll only learn those lessons when the gospel becomes central within our lives so that we don't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. So let's read what Paul says about the gospel. He says in Romans chapter 16, verse 25, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaimed about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to obedience that comes through faith. To the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. When you look at this passage of Scripture, you'll find out again that Paul speaks 
about the gospel here. And you'd say, well, what does the gospel have to do with Pentecost Sunday? Well, it's very, very interesting that when the gospel was given to the disciples, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus first breathed on them in the book of John and then promised them the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all other people, it empowered them to take this gospel in words and in action to everyone that was around them, their surrounding areas, but also to take the gospel to the towns next to them and also the gospels to all the other parts of the world. Pentecost is there. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is there so that it would empower us to have a personal relationship with Jesus and a personal relationship with the gospel, then it becomes real. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives is incredibly important for the gospel to be lived out through our lives and for it to flow out of our mouths because we must speak the gospel. It is only as we speak the gospel and as we live the gospel, that Jesus becomes alive to those who do not know him. And this is the beautiful thing. Every time I stand up within our church or in church or wherever I go or whether I share the gospel with people on an individual basis, when I speak about the revelation of God's love to the person or to the people that I'm speaking to, I believe that as I do that, and I speak about Jesus' life. I speak about his death, what it involved. I speak about his burial and how he rose up from the death on the third day. As I share the gospel with people, Jesus becomes alive within their hearts because you'll see within some scriptures we'll read later that as we proclaim the gospel, he becomes alive within the lives of people in a most dramatic and in a most wonderful way. Now, it's very interesting when we're looking at this passage of Scripture, you'd say to me, the gospel, Piet, why is it so important? Well, you know, the gospel is totally unstoppable within its nature. And you'd say, well, what do you mean the gospel is totally unstoppable? My friends, it is very interesting to note that globally, Christianity is growing at a rate of 1.27%. Currently, there are 2.5 billion Christians in the world. The world's population is 7.7 .7 billion and growing at a rate of 1.2%. Isn't that interesting? So Christianity is growing faster than the population is growing. Currently, however, and this is the sad story, Christianity is barely growing in Europe, and it's growing at a rate of 0.04%, and only slightly better in North America, which is 0.56%, which is also very sad stats. I'm so thrilled that God has placed us in Europe. But my friends, this message that Paul is preaching is an unstoppable message. The gospel that we believe, the revelation of God's love, is truly unstoppable. And that is why we give our lives 
to this lifestyle and also to this message because it's truly unstoppable. As a little boy within my life, there was very little reason for me to be who I have become in Christ today. Yes, a faithful mom who knew Jesus and God started to work through her and through others. And the gospel was truly and is truly unstoppable within my life. 56 now, and the gospel is still transforming my life. It's unstoppable. But my friends, I believe that the gospel is also unstoppable within the world. And when you and I actually understand how powerful and how beautiful the gospel is, then we would centralize the gospel within our lives and not give ourselves to so many of the sideshows that are going on. Some of them are very important. Some of the events that's taking place within the world has to have our attention. But my friends, we cannot lose focus of the gospel because the gospel, when we interpret these events through the lenses of the gospel, then we are able to manage our journey a whole lot better. And so we see here that Paul speaks to the Roman church, yeah, and it's very, very interesting. I think that the Roman church was started by a couple called Priscilla and Aquila. And it's very interesting, too, that Priscilla and Aquila had a relationship with Paul. And we see here that um, Paul first met this couple in Corinth, and then they did ministry together in Ephesus, and then from there... Priscilla and Aquila went to Rome, and um, it is very likely that they were the first ones to bring the gospel to Rome. From there, of course, it spread significantly. And so we see here that as Paul writes to Rome, he speaks to them about this gospel that is truly unstoppable. And he says, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with with my gospel, that means the revelation of God's love to the world, through Jesus. He says, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. My friends, what we need to realize is that the gospel is unstoppable because it is his story. It is Jesus' story. And my friends, this gospel will never be eradicated because it is a part of Jesus' story. And it's amazing here, because Paul feels so passionate about the Lord Jesus Christ. He experienced God's love that was poured out to him in such an amazing manner. He experienced God's saving grace within his life when he was a sinner, persecuted the church, and Jesus appeared to him, and he took him out of that lifestyle, forgave his sins, put a new nature within him, gave him a new life, set him on a different course, and his name was changed from Saul to Paul. He understands what God did within his life. And when he understood what God did within his life, he became passionate about this gospel. He's Life, his story became the story of Jesus. He stepped into the story of Jesus because Jesus so overwhelmed him with his love. Remember, that's the definition of the word gospel. 
And so, my friends, the gospel is truly unstoppable because it is his story. You may embrace other stories, but those stories will sadly disappoint you. His story, the story of Jesus, will bring peace to your heart. His story will become an anchor to your life when there are so many theories going around, when there are so many things happening around you, when you anchor yourself in his story and when you become a part of his story, the gospel. My friends, you will receive strength. You will move forward even when you go through personal difficulties. My friends, don't run away from Jesus, but run towards him because you're a part of his story when you become a Christian. Paul says here, it is the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. To find out how passionate we are about his story, I want to ask you the question. You know, there's so many things that people are talking about. Are you talking about the story, his story? more than all of the other things, if you are, my friends, you will help people to bring their lives in proper alignment with his story. So very, very importantly, the gospel, the unstoppable gospel, and the reason why the gospel is unstoppable, it's because it is his story. The gospel is unstoppable, my friends, not only because it is his story, but because it is relational, which means there is a personal aspect to it. When you look at Romans chapter 16, verse 25, Paul says, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden from long ages, he says, but now revealed and made known. This gospel is unstoppable because it is relational. Firstly, for Paul, this gospel became personal. And as a result, it became relational. God has made us relational beings. And in his great wisdom, he has made an aspect of the gospel relational so that it can be attractive to other people. I'm quite a relational person. And so if someone wants to get to know me, all they need to be is relational. And um, the gospel is like that. The gospel is relational. And so Paul says that the gospel became personal to him when he met the Lord Jesus. And um, my friends, I think that's the most beautiful aspect of the gospel. God knew that for it to be relational out there, it first has to become personal. And so um, for Paul, spreading the gospel, living his life according to the gospel, um, anchoring his life in the gospel and setting his direction for the future in accordance with the gospel, ordering his life around the gospel was central to his belief and lifestyle. 
because the gospel became personal. Has anybody ever said to you, hey, watch out, you're becoming personal now? <laughs> that means, whoa, be careful. You've touched a sensitive nerve within my life. For Paul, the gospel was personal. I want to ask you this question. Has the gospel become personal to you within your life? My friends, if it's truly personal, every relationship that you have will have a gospel element to it. Fortunate that uh, we meet a lot of people here in Switzerland and amazing people, and um, we really have such a love for the Swiss people, and yet we're in an international church, and, and it's amazing how the Swiss people also crave relationship. I think all beings do because God created that within us. The gospel is unstoppable because if you and I, through the relationships that we have, share the gospel wisely and with patience, but persistently with people eventually, the gospel becomes unstoppable within their lives because it is truly relational. How is this? I mean, you know, if people open up their hearts to the gospel, they have a relationship with the God of this universe who formed us, who created us. We made in his image, and he knows exactly how to satisfy those longings that we have. That's why the gospel is personal, it is relational, and when we have a relationship with Jesus, the gospel has the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth to reach every part of our being. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Do you see the relational side of the gospel here? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This passage shows us that the gospel has a strong relational element to it. My friends, in Europe, we have to make sure that we have a conviction about the relational side of the gospel. Yes, the gospel is his story, and, and, and the gospel is revealing God's love to people. But it's relational. And you and I are called to take this gospel to people within Europe. Friends who live in Europe, in the UK, Portugal. We have a wonderful tool within our hands to see the lives of people changed. It is through your relational skills. And the good news is that God can improve our relational skills. And because of that, the gospel is truly unstoppable. It's his story. It is unstoppable because it is relational. But my friends, a third reason why the gospel is truly unstoppable is because the gospel is truly radical.
Paul says in verse 26 here, Let me just read it for us here again. He says, verse 25 and 26, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with the gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden from long past ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes through faith. The obedience that comes from faith. My friends, this gospel is a gospel that puts faith within our hearts. And when his story becomes our story, faith enters into our hearts. And God calls us to a lifestyle of obedience. Ken spoke so well about that last week that part of the gospel has to do with obedience. The gospel is unstoppable because it is radical. Firstly, it transforms us from the inside all the way outside. And as it transforms us from the inside outward, the gospel calls for a radical lifestyle. Why is the gospel Unstoppable because of the radical lifestyles of believers. If we are lukewarm, it's not going to make much of a difference. Europe needs the gospel. And the gospel will transform the lives through radical believers when we believe the gospel. I love the passage where Jesus speaks to Simon Peter in John chapter 13, verses 8 to 9. And um, Jesus was getting the disciples ready to break bread with them, to have communion with them, and to wash their feet because they were out there and normally the host would wash the feet of the disciples. And so Jesus had them sit around and he was going to start washing their feet. And Peter looked at him and he says, Lord, you you can't do that. You can't wash our feet. We really should be washing your feet. And so there was a sense of humility within his heart. And um, Jesus turns to Peter in verses 6 and 7. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Isn't that beautiful? That's the radicalness of the gospel, my friends. When it reaches inside of us, it is not a lifestyle where we just talk about it, but it's a lifestyle that we live. It's not just a lifestyle of doing what we want to do. It's a lifestyle of doing what God wants us to do. When he starts to have the rest of us as well. Not just parts of us, but the rest of us. Lord, 
not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. You see, my friends, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on those people, the gospel was washed into every part of the being of those people. Remember son Peter. He denied the Lord Jesus before Jesus was crucified. He was weak in some areas. The gospel was being outworked within his life, but it hadn't been fully outworked within his life. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, now we know that Jesus breathed into them in, in, in around John chapter 20, around there, he says, you to receive. He breathed into them the Spirit. But on the day of Pentecost, something profound happened because this happened to, to many, many more people. And when it entered Peter's life, you know, those words, when he said to Jesus, not just my hands, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. So the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. Truly, it covered his hands and his head. As a matter of fact, his whole being was saturated with the Holy Spirit. And he carried the gospel to its furthest point, even to, to the point where he was crucified upside down to the glory of God. You see, Peter believed in the unstoppable gospel, and so he preached it and lived it in a radical way. My friends, when God calls us to obedience, it shouldn't take us long to obey. We should respond as soon as faith within our hearts enable us to which I think is quite implicit when God speaks to us. You see, when God speaks to us and he calls us to do something, he knows we can do it. Oftentimes our mind and our heart and our flesh has to catch up with it. And I understand that it takes time. Within our church, we have seen people come into obedience in so many areas that God has called them to, but it's taken them time. But when they do it, it's amazing how they step into the next part of what God has for them. And the gospel is being proclaimed. So my friends, the gospel is unstoppable because it is his story. The gospel is unstoppable because it is relational. It'll go far and wide. The gospel is unstoppable because it is radical. It'll go deep. Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Just immerse me in your Holy Spirit. Just immerse me within the power that helps me to come overcome my flesh, that helps me to overcome my fears, that helps me to overcome my reservations, that helps me to overcome my conservatism. Because you see, Conservatism and being radical does not fit in the same box. God wants to come and he wants to wash us in his Holy Spirit this morning so that radically, with love, we share this glorious and wonderful gospel with people, the revelation of God's love to the world. Jesus Christ. Can I just close with this and encourage you with a statement and then with a couple of quotes. 
don't get sidetracked by even good things. Don't get sidetracked by even things that concern you. Yes, have them at the back of your mind. But focus on the life that God has called us for the gospel. The revelation of God's love to others through Jesus to be central within our lives. You'll make better decisions. You'll be more at peace. And you will have a future to live for and a future to die for. And I think I'll pray with you now. And trust God just to come. As Peter said, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. If you have faith for that, why don't you pray with me? Just where you are seated right now. And let this gospel burn within our hearts. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we ask, Lord, as Peter said, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Lord, I certainly ask you for me personally, as I see Europe impoverished with the gospel that you would baptize me, even this morning, anew and afresh, with a greater desire, a greater power, a greater focusness, greater intensity to see the gospel reach Europe. Father, would you now baptize me? Would you baptize those listening and watching? Would it include their feet for some? Would it include their hands? Would it include their heads? Saturate us now with your Holy Spirit. We ask as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.